Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined again by Jason Parker. He's a district manager in the Horsham, PA area near Philly. And today we're talking all about getting ready for storms, but also safety checks after storms. Jason, what has the winter been like for you so far? Have you guys been dealing with storms? We actually have this year. First time in uh, almost three years, we saw some snow, uh, got some icing. So uh, definitely something we were all not used to, both in the driving and dealing with uh, some storm damage. So what do you look for when you go out to a property before a storm uh, to be sure that that uh, property is going to be safe? There's a lot of things that we look at before a storm. I think the most important one is targets. So you want to deal with trees that are close to the house, the shed, the garage, the driveway, things that could be potentially impacted um, if a tree were to fail or a portion of a tree were to fail. So that's kind of number one. You know, what are the targets on the property? Where are the areas that are most highly used? And, uh, you know, what trees are around them? What do we need to do to, to make them safe? Do people usually call you out? Do they call you out like before a storm? Or is this something that happens usually as a course of like your regular maintenance on a place? Yeah, so we definitely end up with a little bit of both. We get people that are very proactive. And those are the majority of our customers, I would say. Of course, post-storm, we end up with lots of people who are reactive and having to deal with uh, whatever may have occurred. One of the things that is nice about getting more regular storms is it keeps people a little bit more aware of what the potential could be. And we have a, a lull like this where it's been in the Philadelphia area anyway, like I said, almost three years since we've gotten snow. People have sort of forgotten about what that is like, what it can do to their trees, and maybe the things that they should be doing to prepare for that. So um, this was, I think, maybe a little bit of a wake-up call for some people who have maybe deferred some of their maintenance and uh, kind of getting them back into the swing of, hey, you know, every once in a while I should have my trees checked out. Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat on this side of the state where you get kind of lulled into a false sense of security with a winter that uh, isn't too rough for the last few years. But I think for me, the scariest thing are the ice storms. You know, even though I do have an arborist looking at my property at least once a year from Davy, those ice storms scare me. And I think sometimes they're, you know, no matter how good of a job you do at getting your trees ready, Something can always happen with it when, depending on how thick that ice gets, right? Yeah, that's a true statement. It's definitely one of the things I try to focus on with my customers, letting them know that, hey, we can do the best that we can to prepare you. Mother Nature throws all kinds of interesting stuff at us. And sometimes, you know, no matter how well prepared you are, stuff can still happen. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't do the best that we can to minimize those risks. Um, just understanding that nothing's 100% perfect and we'll do the best that we can. It's nature, you know. Like you said, you could have the perfectly trimmed tree, but uh, anything can happen. So how about after the storm? I mean, I'm sure you guys are 
always running after a storm. I, I, I know you're always running after a storm. So when you get to a property, if there's one thing that, you know, that's an obvious thing, that that's why the uh, homeowner's calling you there, then what else are you looking for? Yeah, it definitely becomes triage right after the storms. Um, you know, let's get people's driveways open, make sure they can get out, you know, get to the grocery store or wherever else they may need to go. Um, and so a lot of times we're there just opening the driveway or just getting something off the house and the, the rest of the cleanup may happen a little bit later. We hope um, with most customers that they're going to give us the opportunity to do a much more thorough uh, property check. Sometimes these people have not uh, had an experience with Davey before. They don't know uh, what we typically do. Perhaps it's insurance related and their immediate concern is get the tree off my house. Let's get the roof patched. And, you know, a lot of times the rest of the checks are forgotten. Um, so we try to we try to talk to people about that when we're on site, let them know, hey, you know, we're going to help you out right now, but let's take a little bit of time in the future and see if we can't prevent this um, for you. And a lot of times um, after going through an experience like that, um, people are, are much more receptive to the idea of the preventative care um, because it's it's not fun, no matter how how good your arborist is and how good your roofer is uh, dealing with that kind of stuff. Is, is just not fun. So when you do go back, I guess it's just the same inspection, right? You're looking for any problems that you might normally see, whether it was before or after a storm. Yeah, a lot of that is very standard. You know, we're going to look at general condition of the trees, health, is there decay? Do we have broken limbs? The thing that gets a little bit difficult, and especially when you're talking about um, ice, is all that weight on limbs can can do things without actually breaking or maybe causing some really obvious issues. So it is really important to have an arborist come out. I mean, there are certain things as a homeowner you can pay attention to. You know, all the branches should generally be going up. And uh, if you see a branch that's pointing down, that probably means there's a problem, even if you can't see the break. But what you don't necessarily know as, as a homeowner is that sometimes the amount uh, a branch has stretched um, is weakening it. So now you have branches that maybe aren't broken, um, but they are no longer in the same direction that they were prior to the storm. And so they're going to be more prone to potential failure. And there, there are cracks and things that can't be seen from the ground either, that just knowing how the tree should grow and should behave, an arborist can tell you, hey, that's that's not right. Something's going on, even if we can't see it from, from the ground. Well, you know, we always, this time of the year, we always see storms coming across uh, the country. And instead of a snow event for us, it's becoming more common in the winter to have a rain event. And so the thing that always concerns me there luckily this time of the year there's no leaves on the trees so if we get a rain event with wind i'm not that worried about it but i am worried about all that rain and shallow rooted trees uh just falling over and i've got plenty of shallow rooted trees so talk a little bit about that yeah we have a lot of evergreens um in pa in general and they're very common as border plantings, things like that for privacy. Um, they do a great job. Uh, they're evergreen, so they do hold their needles throughout um, the season, which does mean they're going to collect a little bit more snow, ice, um, what have you, um, in those situations. 
they also are shallow rooted, just like you said. Um, and so if we get a lot of rain before, during, after a storm and, and the ground is saturated, then we're going to run into the potential of that canopy that does have the needles, which might not catch quite as much wind as a deciduous tree, but still catch more wind than a tree with nothing on it, um, is going to be more prone with those saturated soils to uprooting. Um, so those are important. And again, when we're talking about potential failures, you know, if we have evergreens around targets, um, we want to make sure that, you know, are they in good health? Are we taking care of them? Is there anything that could be a concern that's going to uh, leave them more prone to potential failure? Um, are they in a low spot that's going to get saturated? You know, so that's kind of goes back to the very beginning where right tree, right place um, is really important. And a lot of times as a homeowner, you're not uh, always there when the trees are originally planted. So have someone come out, do that inspection, talk through those things with you and and find out, you know, what are my potential risks? Well, that's where I wanted to go next, talking about, uh, you know, we get in, roll into the spring here about planting the right tree in the right place and considering the mature size of a tree and considering a winter storm, summer storms, you know, where where you put that tree, if, if you have a, a choice, is very important. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, trees provide incredible benefits um, to homeowners, um, shade, um, protection from wind, things along those lines make it very desirable to have trees close to the house, but they do need to be the right tree and they do need to be not too close to the house. And, you know, while they're three feet when you put them in, what is that mature size going to be? Um, certainly there are plenty of excellent landscapers out there that can help you with a lot of those questions. A lot of times they may not have an idea though, how things are going to, um, look and be when they're mature. Um, so you may want to engage an arborist as well, uh, um, to kind of get a better feel for what those trees are going to be like. And if it is the right tree for the right place, um, there are certainly plenty of trees that I would feel comfortable having planted, um, close to my home, um, you know, but also I'm I'm living in my home. I'm not living in your home. So you need to have a level of comfort there too. And I think if you plan from the beginning and really have confidence in who it is that's helping you come up with that plan, um, you know, you won't have to worry when the wind blows. So at your house, what would you consider to be, you know, to plant relatively close to the house in your specific situation? So uh, I have a large pin oak out back, probably 90 feet tall, and it's about 35 feet away from my house. Um, and I pay attention to it when the wind blows and we prune it for deadwood and we fertilize it to make sure that it's healthy. Um, you know, but it's far enough away. Um, and with the height, it provides me with a lot of nice shade in my backyard. It's perfect when we're grilling out on the deck in the summer. Um, exactly what I would want. Being an oak, it's um, a hardwood, so it's definitely got strong trunk, strong branch, branch attachments. Um, I've got a great root flare on it. It was never disturbed by construction or anything like that. So um, it, it really, for me, I got lucky. It's, it's a perfect tree to have, have that close to my house. So um, I'm very comfortable with, with something like that. What is it like for you and your team when a storm is forecasted for your area? Do you think like we do, like we always think like, ah, oh, they said eight inches or, or an ice storm. It'll probably pass. It'll just be rain. They're just making a big deal out of nothing. 
I would think it would have to be a little bit different for you guys because I'm I'm thinking you're going to have to hit the ground running, you know, and and that expectation of what's coming has to be a little bit unnerving, I would think. It is. We definitely uh, have lots of team meetings uh, before a storm event, make sure that uh, everything's prepared, you know, trucks are fueled, um, you know, we're ready if there's, there's snow, we've got plows ready to go so we can get out and be safe. Um, you know, we have guys that travel decent distance. Sometimes, depending on what the storm's looking like, they may stay at a friend or relative's house. It's a little bit closer to the office so that they minimize their commute. Um, and there are certainly times when we've had bad enough storms where, you know, the guys with uh, four wheel drive vehicles are, are out and about, you know, doing the pickup to really minimize how many cars we're putting on the road, minimize the risk and, uh, you know, get us to our first work site, which is, uh, you know, our office safely. Um, <laughs> then we dispatch from there. And it, again, is really sort of a triage situation. But um, planning goes a long way. You know, our guys know what our expectations are. Um, you know, we have some very concrete rules about, you know, we don't go out and even look at storm damage in the dark because you miss something that could be somebody's life. Um, and we're not going to put our guys at, at that risk. So we want to do everything safely. Um, down conductors is a huge thing for us. Um, we run into them all the time in storm events. So we treat every conductor um, as if it were energized. You know, even if there's no power in the entire neighborhood, um, generators, if they're not hooked up correctly, can backfeed. Um, certainly plenty of people have gotten pretty hurt with stuff like that. So we, we review all that stuff with the crews, make sure that it's top of mind. Um, we have safety briefings every single day when we're dealing with a storm event, whereas normally we would do it maybe once a week. Um, and just make sure that that we're ready. And then, you know, as we're getting out, you know, a lot of my sales arborists will actually carry a saw with them. Um, the battery powered chainsaws are great because you can just throw them in the back of any vehicle. You don't have to worry about gas uh, smell or anything like that inside the cab. And if you got to open up Mrs. Jones's driveway so she can get to the doctor's office or the pharmacy or whatever it might be, you know, we can do that pretty quickly and safely. Um, and then we, we go from there. You know, I've never talked about a battery-powered chainsaw. Uh, I mean, can they do what they need to do compared to some of those chainsaws that you guys are normally using? When I see these guys working here, man, that's a big, big machine. Uh, I guess nowadays a battery-powered chainsaw can do do what needs to be done, I'm sure depending on the size of the tree, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, battery powered chainsaws are still have a bit of a stigma about them, um, you know, because they're battery powered and, you know, the, the gas engines tend to have a little bit more power and things like that. But they've come a long way and there are some very powerful battery uh, powered chainsaws, especially at the professional level. Um, they may not be perfect for storm damage all the time. I mean, they're good for opening up the driveway, something like that. But when you get into big trunks that you're cutting through, Gas powered still um, leads in in those areas, um, but the battery powered in terms of uh, longevity um, as a you know daily user for our climbing arborists um, have a whole lot of benefits. You're not pull starting them every day, which puts a lot of stress on your shoulders and your wrists. Um, you don't have the same vibration um, that you do with a gas powered saw that's running. Uh, you don't have the fumes. Uh, there's just a million reasons that for a professional arborist, the battery powered saw uh, has a lot of benefits. 
Well, let's talk about when a storm comes through and talk about chainsaw safety for a regular homeowner. You know, a regular homeowner doesn't usually have the right safety gear for using a chainsaw. So tell me a little bit about everything you guys use to stay safe with a chainsaw. You know, we already know you've been trained to use it, but physically the the safety things that you have to make sure that those guys are safe. Yeah, so our personal protective equipment or our PPE uh, is kind of our last line of defense. Um, You know, we go through all the training and everything, and hopefully you're doing everything safe from the beginning. But for a homeowner, um, that may be the only level of uh, real defense that they have is the the personal protective equipment. So all the more important to make sure that that kind of stuff is in place. Um, Chainsaws themselves have a lot of safety features on them. Um, The biggest one um, is to help prevent kickback. It's a chain break. um, And if it's functioning properly and you're using a saw that gets pinched or um, you you touch something um, with the tip of the saw where you get kicked back, um, that chain break is going to hit against your wrist, assuming that you're holding the chainsaw properly. Um, And when it does that, it stops the chain from moving. That's a that's a pretty big deal on the, on the chainsaw. So a lot of homeowners might have a saw that, you know, came from Uncle Joe and is uh, 150 years old and might not have those safety features. So um, good idea to make sure that if you are going to be using a chainsaw, it's something modern, that has the right safety features. Beyond that, um, you know, we're always wearing a hard hat or a helmet um, because there's so much, especially when you're talking storms that could be up above you that even when you're taking a look, you don't know. Um, so that's a great idea. Um, certainly safety glasses, uh, you got to protect your eyes. Um, hearing protection, another thing, got to protect your hearing. Um, gloves, always a good idea. Um, we do recommend gloves that are um, not gauntlet styles. So they don't have that kind of cuff that can potentially get caught on things. Something with a tighter wrist that um, is going to you know, fit your, uh, your hand a little bit better and not get caught on brush or, or other things. Um, we always wear chaps. I know that that's something that most homeowners probably are not going to wear, but that's leg protection that's made out of uh, Kevlar. Um, it's made so that if a, uh, a chainsaw does kick back into your legs, um, it binds up the chain itself um, and will stop it from rotating uh, before it cuts you or before it cuts you to the point where you're going to need medical attention in, in most cases. Um, those are, are priceless. Um, you know, it, it's, it, again, something maybe not every homeowner um, would, would have, but um, something I'd highly recommend if you're going to do any sort of um, real chainsaw work on your own. And then I think the last thing is good pair of footwear, um, you know, having good traction, you know, knowing that you've got a good stable uh, balance when you're out there so that hopefully, um, you know, you don't slip, um, you know, all, all goes a long way. Well, Jason, as we finish up, uh, I have one more question for you. What is the feeling for you and the team when that storm goes south or north of you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's definitely a bit of a sigh of relief. Uh, Everybody thinks that every arborist loves it when a storm comes through. And I can assure you for me and my team, that is not the case. Um, Reason being, you know, we are into tree preservation. We love trees, so we hate to see them damaged to begin with. Um, but we've also seen a lot of really tough circumstances um, where people are in a really bad spot. And, you know, everybody thinks they fully understand their insurance coverage. Uh, I would encourage you, if you don't know what your insurance coverage is around trees, probably worth a conversation. 
may not be what you think it is. Um, and we hate pe seeing people in those spots. You know, we want to help out as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, and as safely as we can. And we'll do that when a storm comes through. But we just as soon uh, not have to deal with that and have everybody be whole and, and maintain their trees at their own um, will. Well, that sounds great, Jason. As always, it was great to talk to you. And thanks for sharing all that information. And I know we will talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Doug. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast. From the Debbie Tree Expert Company, I'm your host, Doug Oster. And do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss an episode. And we are getting lots of ideas and comments about the show. So send us an email to podcasts at davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, we'd like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>